Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero, it is the sick podcast brought to you in part by, yeah, La Bit at TB. All right. Uh, La Bit at TB, of course. Uh, embrace your true nature. Brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards, La Bit TB offers quality microbrewery beers with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. And it's brought to you in part, of course, by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full service logistics provider serving all of North America. Driven to be different and also brought to you in part by Excel Moto, the premium motorcycle and scooter dealership in Montreal for over 20 years. Their dealership carries seven different motorcycle and scooter brands. The number one Aprilia and Piaggio ambassadors for the last five years Excel Moto, your ultimate destination and best customer service experience for me. Only one place in Montreal to buy a Piaggio and or a Vespa, and that is Excel Moto. ExcelMoto.com. 5480-738-6686 is the number. All right. Uh, joining me right now. And I'm happy we're going to do this tonight because, and I'm going to tell you why. Because yesterday while the draft was going on, I had a chance to read what everyone was writing about, all right? What I, what everyone was writing about on, I'm like an elevator here. You see the uh, the desk going up, by the way? What everyone was writing about on um, on Twitter, on on, on, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, all that stuff, on, on YouTube. I read everything, all right? And many believe, many believe that uh, the NHL draft lottery is like a little bit fishy, all right? Or some believe it. And as a matter of fact, there was a little bit of a faux pas last night because um, on television, um, renowned broadcaster Kevin Weeks, who's former NHLer, who's absolutely excellent at what he does, all right? Um, when it came down to Chicago, Anaheim, and Columbus, he basically mentioned that Columbus was out, and here's the difference in the draft order, and Columbus is out, all right? And he said it, but Bill Daly hadn't flashed up the card showing the logo of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So then they went to commercial break, and then when they came back 
at that point, Bill Daly showed the card. And then some of some people who aren't aware of exactly the way it works at the NHL draft started saying, hold on a second. What's going on here? This is fishy. There's something going on, all that stuff. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to someone who was behind the scenes at the NHL draft, behind the scenes. He was there. He's Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Aaron, how are you? Good, Tony. How you doing, man? Very, very well. Thank you very much. I would imagine last night was the first time you were ever at the NHL draft. Uh, lottery. First time it? I was ever at the NHL draft lottery. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. For sure. Okay. Yep. Before. Yeah. And, and I, I asked to be in, I got there. There were two other media members there. Steve Wino from the AP, Frank Saravalli from daily Faceoff. Yeah. And two team representatives. The league lets people come watch if they want. And so I took them up on it. Oh, good for you. All right. Okay. Um, before going, did you imagine that it worked the way it actually worked, that it went down the way it went down. Is that what you had envisioned, or did you have any other thoughts? Do you hear me, Aaron? It looks like, we're, ended, a little bit of a, looks like we're on a little bit of delay. Yeah, a, little, a little delay. You said before I went there, did I have any idea? Yeah, so, okay, you saw the way it goes down. Before going, did you think that that's the way it went yep. down? Is that what you envisioned? Yeah. So, it, well, I mean, it's always a little bit different in person than it is on TV. I've, I've seen the video clips that the league provides from previous years. Uh, very recent. I think the they've done they've made them available on YouTube the last several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's same procedure, same people doing it uh, in many of the in many of the the uh, the roles, the capacities that they sort of put people to work with this. Um, they have staffers that you know this staffer is responsible for this. There's a guy that stands 20 feet away from the machine with his face away, from his, his back to the whole rest of the room, mm-hmm. and shouts, you know, draw. And that's when the when the ball comes up. You see some details you can't see off camera, um, but it. It, there were no surprises that looked largely as those video clips I'd seen previously. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, for those who aren't aware, it went live on television. Well, it went on television last night, not live, but we saw it on TV last night, starting at 8 PM Eastern time. But the actual recording yeah. of everything started at around 6 45 PM. Yeah, the actual draw was done, I would say, a little after started at 7 and was probably done set both both number sequences, both drafts, if you will. The, the, the first two picks were, were decided, I would say, by 7.06 tops. It's incredible. You know, it's so strange. You wait months for this thing, especially if you're a team that's as bad as Columbus has been. It's the most anticipated date of the year. It's over in five minutes. If that, it's just boom. It's so quick and methodical. It's it's kind of did that just happen? It's sort of stunning how quickly it goes. All right. Okay. So how does how is it actually done? Because I read something about codes and different combinations and different teams have. Yeah. You know, obviously, if you're um, if uh, you're you're the team that finished last overall in Anaheim, you have more 
codes available to you. And then if you're the second last team, you have a little bit less and you're the third last team and you have a little bit less. And then of course there's the two pots that we're going to get to as well. But talk to me about the codes. How many codes are we looking at here? So it, it, it's, there's a thousand number possibilities, all four digits. So there's, there's 14 balls because there are 14 different four number combinations if you go one, two, three, four, all the way up to 14, it's, you can't have a lottery machine with a thousand ping pong balls in it. That's not practical. Mm-hmm. So they, they have 14 balls that go into the machine before this even happens, before the lottery even happens. And these are all made public for people to look at. It, it was three or four days before when they, they put them out there this time. These are all of the number of possibilities that, align with each team. So Anaheim, there are 255 instances where if that number was picked, Anaheim would have won. So here are those numbers. There are 135 for the Blue Jackets. So here are the Blue Jackets, 135 four-number sequences. And then they they pop one, two, three, four of the balls up. And they don't have to be in a specific order. It's, it's If the numbers are 3, 11, 2, and 5, then they'll say 2, 3, 5, 11. And they look at the sheet of paper that has all of the different combinations. And the, num- the team that aligns to that number is the winner of that draw. And so yeah, you know, this is to put all sorts of checks and balances, all sorts of safeguards in between the process so that People have, you're never going to stop conspiracy theorists from believing what they want to believe. Yeah. But to prove that it's, that the process is clean, there are independent accounting firms there. There's an independent lottery company guy there. There's so many steps that are, that are put into place to assure, you know, that this is done on the up and up and it's, it's incredibly efficient. It's a touch boring, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. And you have no self. We, we had our cell phones and laptops confiscated so that we could not communicate with the outside world. They don't want the surprise ruined, even though, ironically mm-hmm. enough, it, it was on the TV show. And I, I'll say this because I think this is important. Um, the lottery went down without any issue last night mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. It was just the presentation, the TV presentation where the mistake happened. But the determination of who picked where was done long before that got to the TV show and long before Kevin Weeks slipped up and said, and all he did was ruin a surprise. He didn't alter the draft in any way. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course not. Of course not. And you got to feel for him by the way, because he's taking some heat and stuff like that. And a lot of people feel like he's in on the conspiracy theory and all that stuff. I mean, come on, let's be honest here. That's not the case now for, for, so for some who are, are basically trying to decipher what you just said. So if we can make a kind of simplistic, okay. Uh, let's just kind of say this. Yeah, It's kind of like the teams that are in the lottery have different computer-numbered lottery tickets. Instead of, you know, lottery num- let's call them kind of like lottery tickets, right? Where yeah, every ticket has four numbers on it, yeah, right? It. And every team will have different numbers. So there's no team that has the identical four numbers. They can have, they can have three of four numbers, which are identical, yeah. but they cannot have identical numbers. Speaking of numbers, Let's yeah. bring out the winning, the, if we can, with Daniello and Sammy and Master Control, let's bring up the winning combination uh, that told us that the Chicago Blackhawks 
actually had the winning number. Okay. So out of all the thousand combinations, number 696 had Chicago having four, five, nine, and 13. So as you can see, that was those were the four numbers that came out in the lottery that once we heard what the numbers were, and there was a gentleman there who was from one of those firms who said Chicago, all right? That was off air. Now, as you can see, for those who actually have played the lottery before and they're actually off by a number and they say, you know what, I could have won, uh, I could have won the lottery had I been a number closer. Vancouver and Columbus were the ones closest to that combination, of course. Vancouver had 4, 5, 9, and 12. Columbus had 4, 5, 9, and 14. And for everyone watching in Montreal, Montreal had 4, 5, 9, and 11. All right. So Chicago wins one lottery that tells them that they have the first pick overall, and then how does it work? Is there a lottery for the second pick overall? There is, yes. And, and Anaheim stayed in that spot that they were pushed down to once Chicago won. All right. Okay. Got it. All right. Got it. So paint a picture for us, Aaron, mm-hmm. if you can. You get there at what time? Yeah. Who's there again? I know you mentioned some people who were there. Who's there do you go straight into the same room? Are you escorted into a room? What do they ask yeah. you to do? What do you do when you're waiting around? Um, you know, yeah. what conversation is taking place? All of that. Yeah, so we, we were told to arrive at 6 p.m. Uh, we were taken to a small room just down the hallway from the NHL Network studio. It's a shared space with MLB Network. Um, we were brought into a room they had, they had food and drink which was nice they had a table for us to sit at and the commissioner was there bill daly was there briefly he left before the lottery uh, gary bettman handles the lottery bill daly handles the tv show and you know, this before i forget to say this bill daly asks not to know what the results are before he does the tv show weeks knows obviously we learned that uh-huh. last we learned yeah. that last night he yeah. wants to know he needs to because he's got to fill space between picks. But Bill Daly does not want to know. He wants it to be completely organic when he does it. Um, so wow. as myself, media-wise, it was myself, Steve Wino from the Associated Press, Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. They both wrote articles, as, as I did, about the experience. There were two ownership representatives there. I um, hope I get the name right. The name's right. Tom Minton from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe is director of hockey operations. And Tom uh, Mariello, or sorry, Alex Mariello Jr., uh, the son of the owner of the Arizona Coyotes, who also has a front office position with the Coyotes. Every team is allowed to send a representative if they wish, and uh, you know it's it's because they used to all send them. GMs used to go to this. I think that the there is this should maybe be people at rest. There's such a level of trust. Once you see this and you realize how tight this thing is and how, again, how many safeguards and checks and balances, they don't, most teams don't come anymore because they know how the process works. They trust the process. Anyways, around 630, 
Um, we were told to put our cell phones in a brown envelope, write our name on it, and they took them all away. They didn't want us to have any communication with the outside world, so we couldn't spoil the surprise. Laptops, too. Uh, they asked if anybody had an Apple Watch, any way you could communicate with the, with on the way out. They looked at my voice recorder that I use for interviews. It's not a communication device, but so that, that was allowed to stay. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a lot of small talk. I have to say I've known uh, professionally, I've known Gary Bettman for, you know, 23 mm-hmm. years covering this team. Uh, it's as relaxed as I've seen him. He, his grandson showed up because his grandson wanted to witness this. And he and the grandson have, have an incredibly warm uh, relationship from what I could tell. And they both sat and wanted to chat with us about the playoffs and what we were seeing and who we thought was going to go and yada, really? yada, yada. Just uh, hockey talk. Um, okay. We agreed that it would be an off-the-record conversation, but there was nothing, nothing, nothing said at all that was that would be of interest to anybody other than just hockey people talking hockey. And then away goes all of the communication devices um, at like six forty-five. Uh, the commissioner uh, went to the front of the room and began reading uh, probably eight. 10, maybe 12 sheets of paper with all of the rules and regulations mm-hmm. for the lottery. He introduced all of the people that had a role in it. The, the guy from the lottery company that runs lotteries in 126 different companies who wow. runs the machine. Uh, he introduced the guy from Ernst and Young who was watching this process like a hawk and had uh, drawn up the numbers that corresponded to picks to teams. And, then they went uh, ping pong ball by ping pong ball, lifting it out of the briefcase and holding it up for the camera to see. All of this is recorded. It's on YouTube now. And so everyone can see that every ping pong ball is represented. They're dropped into the cylinder and then they say, drop them in and start the machine. And so he does. Um, a worker from the NHL goes to the far corner of the room, turns his back to everybody and he is the person. They don't want the person next to the machine. Listen, Tony, there's no way standing next to this machine you can see the numbers on the balls they bounce around. They're going too fast. No but way. To, alleviate, to, to alleviate any any thought that someone could watch the ping pong balls and wait for one to get close to the cylinder uh, and then open up the cylinder to draw to the top, they have a guy 20 feet away from the machine with his back to the machine, away from everybody dictate when the lever is lifted to pull the ball into the chute. And then with the remote control at the machine, the guy hits the button and pulls the ball up. Wow. Um, and then they, you know, the numbers don't have to be in order. Um, one thing about the numbers you presented earlier. It, yes. Th- those teams were that close. I believe of that sequence though, the last number drawn was the nine. So to see who is still in it after the first three numbers were drawn, it would be the other numbers other than nine, and then nine was the last one. Got but it. for looking it up purposes, they just put them in numerical order afterwards and search for it. And then, boom, they say Chicago in the lottery, uh, and let's do let's put all the balls back in the machine. They never leave the machine. It's the same yeah. balls. So for those who feel like there are weighted ping-pong balls or somehow the ping-pong balls could be doctored to, doctored to bring up a certain result – it's the same balls they use for the second pick as it is the first. So if those balls are doctored in a way to determine the four numbers for the first pick, 
the same four numbers would pop up for the second pick. You'd be there all night, uh, yeah. literally. So it's the same balls. They bring up you know completely different numbers, and that's the second pick. And then it's done. And they bring in a a, 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 um, a carrying case with the placards in them, and a bunch of people go meticulously through the draft order and stack the placards so that Bill Daly has them in the perfect order. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to screw up the TV show, Tony. So they count the placards and go over it three or four times. And then I think it was probably 725. Um, Gary Bettman's called over and he goes over the logos as sort of the final editor of the stack to make sure mm-hmm. that what, what was determined in the lottery is what is reflected in the placard so that Bill Daly has the perfect stack in front of him. And yeah. then you sit there and uh, frankly, as a sports writer who is trained to share news, lives to share news as quickly yeah. as you can, those 40 minutes are hell on earth because you know who won the lottery. You can't tell anybody, right? Wow. wow. And for the team I cover, the city, the team I cover, the fans of the team, I know they're going to be devastated. I feel awful. Yeah, uh, that this bad news is just sitting there for 40 minutes. It would be no better coming from me than the TV show. Yeah. Um, but there, it's just a strange feeling to not be able to share that. And then we we talked to them basically because we're all getting <laughs> nervous and twitchy. We sat there and as soon as the uh, the draft went on the TV and they, they began revealing and they got to three, two, ones, they went and got the brown envelopes and said, here they are. Don't open them until the first pick is determined. Wow. Um, and I'll be honest with you when weeks, so you're in a position there where you know what the result is. Mm-hmm. And when weeks said going to break, uh, well, we have our first change. Columbus picks third. My first reaction was not shocked that he said that it was, yeah, that's what happened. And, but then it, it dawned on me, a, you know, a few minutes later, you're like, Oh, wait yeah. a minute. But people watching on TV don't know that that's what happened. So yeah, that probably just rocked their world and it probably seemed like forever until they came back from the commercial break. And then Bill Daly flipped up the placard and just sort of confirmed what Weeks had said. Apparently, sources told us last night that Weeks was fed uh, the wrong script or... On the teleprompter. Somehow the word... Yeah, yeah, that that that's where it was spoiled, and he read it um, as they went to break. It wasn't yeah. just small talk. Him breezily filling space and screwing things up. It was put before him to read, and he read it, and that's how it came out mm-hmm. the way that it did. Aaron, so. if somebody would have said to you one year ago when the Montreal Canadiens won the draft the draft lottery in in the year that the draft was actually taking place in Montreal, so let's just say you would have been in a bar about a year ago after the draft lottery and a hockey fan would have come up to you and say, Hey, I recognize you. You read about hockey. And you would have said, yeah, that's me. And he would have said, I think the draft lottery is fixed. Let's just say that conversation would happen one year ago. Somebody says that to you. Yeah. What would you have said? Well, I mean, I, I, I've never, I've never believed that it was fixed. Um, because first of all, the league, I don't think would be, we, would take that risky of a step. We're talking wow. about the, the ultimate credibility of the league. Oh, it the would be thing, a scandal. It would be a scandal. It would ruin. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. But, but it, 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 there's just so many theories about the conspiracy 
um, theories that, that just in so many ways don't make sense. Like to me, it's like, would, would the league, why would the league deliver the number one pick to Montreal? Because they're hosting the draft. So you're telling me that people in Montreal wouldn't be interested in the draft if they didn't have the number one pick. Montreal is crazy about the draft. And, and if they're picking in the top five, it's going to be a great event. It's not that Montreal's not going to care about the yeah. draft. They don't sell hockey to Montreal by giving in the number one pick. And people have been saying for, I've heard people say for the last couple of months, well, you know, Arizona is going to win the Bedard lottery because they got to get that arena thing passed because Gary wants a team in, in Arizona. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and of course people say, well, Chicago, they want that market to do well. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Chicago had the third best chances did. 2% chance less than Columbus. Yeah. It's not a shock that the third team won. I mean, the, it, you know, Columbus went into the draft last night with a 13% chance to get Bedard. You should not be shocked if that doesn't happen. You had an 87% chance to not get Connor Bedard, and that is what happened. It was an overwhelming odds you were not going to get Connor Bedard. Even the Ducks faced pretty heavy odds against it. 75% chance they weren't going to get him. Um, the system's set up so that teams can't automatically rig uh, their season to get the last pick. One thing I asked the commissioner last night was, was is he surprised the NFL doesn't have a draft lottery? I am. Yeah. I, I First of all, they could make a hell of a lot of money selling a TV show for the NFL yeah. draft lottery. Uh, now, second you know exactly, teams, you, yeah, you know exactly where I'm going now, but continue because this is where I'm going next. Go ahead. Tank their way to the to the bottom and, and get the number one overall pick. And and the league allows that to happen. That's how the Colts got Andrew Luck. I'm yeah. just surprised there's there's not that safeguard there. I know people get frustrated. There's frustration that Chicago handled uh the sex abuse scandal the way they did or didn't handle it until they absolutely had to, until it leaked. And they feel like there should be more punishment for that. Um but this, you know, I got some heat for not including that in the story today. To me, that you know, that has happened. But the, the league did not punish them in any way in this draft, and so it was. It was. I don't want to say that ever that that's irrelevant because that's not something that should ever be swept under the rug. Yeah. But it just didn't impact this draft because no punishment no. related to it. But but here's the deal, though, Aaron. Here's the deal, and I and I totally understand yeah. the point. And by the way, I mean I brought up the same point. I'm going to give you an example, all right? Uh, there's match fixing that takes place in soccer all the time, uh, very unfortunately, or it happens often. And, um, you know, on one occasion, it happened in Italy. And uh, there were uh, wiretaps, conversations with referees, match officials. They were actually even locking officials into a room and not letting them out until the referee agreed to do them a favor. There were uh, players that were approached or players talking to their players who basically said, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, cut the pie today, which is basically a code for, you know, let's play to a draw. Okay. And, um, and long story short, when they were found guilty of that, they had automatic point deductions given. So uh, teams that were like in first place ended up in seventh place and teams that were in fifth place ended up in like 20th place. And in, in a couple of cases, teams were actually relegated to a second division, which is a huge penalty because of revenues coming in, television rights, all that stuff. So that's the way I think you handle penalties. 
I don't think the punishment to the Chicago Blackhawks was nearly enough what it should have been. But the fact that we're all, and even me included, today are talking about it, it's because we're upset today that Chicago got that number one pick. But all, you know, everything that everyone's saying today should have been said when basically, you know, there was wrongdoing and the Chicago Blackhawks covered up what was a terrible, terrible sexual abuse scandal. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you, and I, I understand you're not putting it in your story either, because I mean, it's it's you know, you're talking about the draft lottery and the way it went down. That's a completely different story, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Chicago beat writer, if you're a Chicago, if you cover Chicago, it's absolutely a, a fair thing to delve back into. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it, you know, it it is uh, to me the the uh, if you weren't outraged about that story before, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't want to just be outraged about it when something good happens to the Blackhawks. That's not right. Yeah, either. I hear you. Here's um, and I'm going to give the National Hockey League credit for opening up the draft lottery to whichever member of the media wanted to go, wanted to be there, wanted to see it with their very own eyes, so that can they can write about it. I think that's a good initiative, and I'm happy you were there. But I have a challenge with the National Hockey League, and I have more than one challenge with the National Hockey League. Okay. They are way behind the NFL. They're way behind the NBA in so many things that they do and or don't do. From combines and the way they're covered, from drafts and the way they're covered, from draft lotteries and the way they're covered or the way they're, they're, they're actually uh, broadcasted. Uh, there's so many things that they just they don't get it right, okay? And if this was the NFL last night, if this was the NBA last night, you would have had, first of all, a minimum two-hour television event instead of 30 minutes. That's number one. Number two, you would have had it on a night where hockey was not being played. It's an off night in the National Hockey League. That's when you have it. Number three, it would have been open to the fans and it would have been open to so many people and the who's who of, uh, of, of, uh, of, uh, of Hollywood and, uh, and, uh, and stars of all, you know, would be there. And, you know, instead they open it up to a couple of members of the media. They pre-record it. Um, then they show it on television then there's that mix-up. Then it's over in 30 minutes. Then it's done on a game night. And then there, it, there's not a lot of pub. You know, the general managers, you get to have, like, maybe one word with them that lasts, like, 10 seconds. Half of them look like they'd rather be at a funeral. I, I mean, it was just, like, once Bill Daly, with all due respect to him, looked like he had somewhere else to go and he didn't want to be there. I might be being too hard here and stuff like that, but, I mean... Tell me I'm wrong if you think I'm wrong, but is that like just not made for television? Like they just. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but like you know, maybe last night would have been a good night to have Connor Bedard in the studio, right? Yeah. Have him yeah. there. I mean, this yeah. is Connor Bedard sweepstakes would have been nice, and maybe do a, a half hour extra for the show. Maybe let Edmonton and Vegas start at nine and do a full one hour before. I also think that, and, and you can't listen to, you shouldn't respond to the people who are just 
way out there with some of the conspiracy theories. I get that. You can't bow to that. But there's there has to be a way to make this system more streamlined. The, the reason it's not just aired straight up as just air just show on TV with what we were able to witness last night. Yeah. Is TV people tell you that's terrible television. Like it's over in four minutes. It's boring as hell to hear the commissioner read off the rules. People aren't going to pay attention to the rules anyways. And when the number pops up and say last night, Pittsburgh's numbers came up from the, the 14 spot mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh starts celebrating. We won the lottery. Holy crap. We got Connor Bedard. No, no, no. You're just fourth. Right. Like, cause you, you can only go up 10 spots. Well, wait a minute. Right. How can you win the lottery before? Like people don't understand the rules won't understand the rules in some cases and so it, it can look like it's very convoluted when it really truly yeah, isn't okay okay aaron but you can have someone from the league let's just say pittsburgh moves up you can have someone from the league directly go straight to pittsburgh and say you just moved up 10 spots in the draft and now you have this pick like you can you can, you explain, can explain it, it. I, i'm gonna tell you this i would take central scouting's top first round list and maybe even have all the players on a camera somewhere, or if maybe some of them are occupied as many as you can have and see all of their reactions when they find out which team is picking 16 and which team is picking 15 and which team and you see all of their reactions. I would have, I would have, I don't know, uh, uh, writers from the WWE get involved to add some entertainment. Maybe, maybe some people involved with the Cirque du Soleil to add some kind of entertainment. I'd spice it up. Yeah, and uh, well, here's something else I think that the league is is up against too. Is this draft is not like the others that you pointed to in, in one really big way. So the by, by the time these guys end up in the NFL draft, yeah, you've probably seen them play major college football for two or three years, right? Yeah. So these these are not eighteen year seventeen eighteen year old kids. They're twenty twenty one, sometimes twenty two year old kids. So there's a whole three or four years of development, stardom there, if you will. And so there are more players at the NFL draft, at least that, I'm speaking south of the border, of course, who are known in the draft and people can't wait to see where they go for to go to. Whereas the NHL draft is, is, is before they even get to that next level, 17 and 18 year old kids. You've heard of, I think the most ardent hockey fan has probably heard of maybe half the guys that are first round picks at this point of the draft season. And so it's kind of hard to sell personalities that many personalities in this sport, because you're drafting them so young as opposed to other sports where they've been on major stages for a couple of years before they hit the pro level. It's a little different. That's why it's harder to draft in in hockey too. There's much more risk drafting a 17, 18 year old kid than a 21 year old for sure. Aaron, I, I so appreciate your time, uh, and uh, and I won't keep you much longer, but one or two more. I feel like I have to ask you this. It was a couple of weeks ago that we had you on the SICK podcast, and, and I appreciate you coming on now for a second time in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, you had said that, in your opinion, your gut feel was that if Columbus was going to drop two spots in the lottery – and instead of picking second, they were going to end up picking fourth. 
that in your opinion, with that fourth pick overall, they would pick Will Smith. As it turns out, Columbus dropped one spot. Instead of picking second, they're now going to pick third. What does your gut tell you? Who do you think Columbus will draft with the number three pick? If, If Bedard goes first and if... Fantilli goes second to Anaheim. So we did a mock draft last night as a staff at the athletic right after the draft. Yeah. Um, I picked Will Smith. This is not coming from any whispers from within the organization other than they love the player. Um, So I, to me, it's Carlson or Smith and I won't be surprised if they take either one of them. We've got, we have uh, what six, seven weeks now to figure it out, or yeah. try to. Uh, I, I, you know, Yarmo Kekaline, and it was rather unfortunate last night. Was obviously pissed off at the world, and and they were devastated as an organization to to slide down yet again. Uh, yeah, over ten now when they've had a chance to win the number one pick, oh for ten. Yeah, um, and so he kept saying over and over again. We're going to get a good player. If you just read the words, it sounds like he's pretty upbeat and optimistic. If you heard him say it, God, it's like someone stole his dog. I mean, he was down in the mouth and and said it, you know, in the most morose, uh, sad way ever. But they are going to get a good player. What the kick in the pants is they're not going to get a player that helped most, most likely. Carlson could be ready for next year. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you. But it's probably 50-50 that Carlson plays in the NHL next year. Will Smith is going to Boston College. Yeah. Sliding to three really increases the chance that this year's draft is not going to help their roster next Mm -hmm. season. And so that's that's a bit of a kick. Um, But they are going to get a hell of a player. And I go back to the year that Colorado had the worst record in the league and slid, I believe, to four and were absolutely devastated. And the Avalanche, they, they they wanted the draft lottery completely redone because this is so bitterly unfair. Yeah, and they took the Kale McCarr, who, my God, is maybe the best defenseman in the game. Um, so who knows where this is going? We we sure think that Bedard and Fantilli are the clear cut one two. Um, just really special players, especially Bedard. Uh, but who knows what Carlson or, or Smith could become? I guessed Smith last night. I reserve the right to change my mind, um, and I won't be surprised if they go either way. All right, a last one. Yep. Uh, you're broadcasting live to everyone, but of course, there's a huge Montreal Canadiens fan base watching yep. right now on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. Hello, if Bedard goes one, yep. If to Chicago. If Fantilli goes two to Anaheim, Mm -hmm. if Will Smith goes three to Columbus, if Carlson goes four to San Jose, if you, Aaron Portsline, are the Montreal Canadiens, those are the first four four players that went out, and you have pick number five, who's your pick? Well, given what I know today... um... I think you have to go Matvey Michkov. That is a, there's a, a level of risk there. There is with most of these guys. Um, but from what everybody says, it absolutely 
incredible special talent, individually skilled offensively, um, as close to Bedard as anybody else in this draft. It's easy for me to say, take a guy you can't get your hands on for a couple few years because he's signed in Russia. I don't know if Montreal has that level of patience. If uh-huh. they do, then that would make all the sense in the world to me. But the more you hear, the more it won't be a surprise if Michkov slides into the six to eight range too, uh, just because of the uncertainty. So that's a pick that, frankly, would require a lot of work. I would have um, lots of people dedicated just to looking at that situation and trying to find out as much as you can about the player. I'm not sure if he's coming to the combine. Um, obviously, a chance to meet with him there would be would be gold. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But based on skill alone, talent alone, mm-hmm. at that high in the draft, I think Michkov makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be at the combine. But you know what? We'll wait for official word. And by the way, for everyone watching, and I was like pretty devastated yesterday when I found out the Canadians had the fifth pick. Uh, the statistics actually showed us that Montreal, as much as they seem to be a loser last night, probably was a winner last night because there was a 17% chance that Montreal would either get pick one or pick two, a total of 17% or pick three that they would improve their draft positioning. Actually, pardon me, 17% chance that they would improve their draft positioning 24% 24% chance or 25% chance that it would stay the same and 58% chance that they would actually worsen their positioning and end up with pick six and pick seven. Yeah. So, so actually by, 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 by standing pat, by staying put at pick number five, they actually kind of ended up being a winner because there was a much higher percentage, more than double the percentage that they were actually going to regress in the draft and either have pick six or pick seven. Yeah. Well, that's a very positive way to look at it, Tony. Hey, um, so much thanks for joining us. So if somebody were to stop you today and say, Hey, uh, I think the NHL draft lottery is rigged. What would you say? I'd say you're crazy. You're crazy. I'd say give me your best theory and let me shoot it out of the water. There you go. And I guess, you know what, after hearing the way it actually went down step by step and all the procedures that were taken and all the people watching and uh, the legalization of everything, I think everyone watching right now has a better understanding and they're probably saying, you know what, there's no way it's fixed. So thank you for telling us and giving us step by step. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. All right, T. Thank you, man. Good to see you. generous for your time. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. There you have it. Aaron Portsline. I, I can't thank him enough. That's, you know, 40 minutes to talking to us today. Wow. I, I just uh, I kind of feel bad for him. I took up a lot of his time, but I, I really want to thank him. Uh, why don't we bring in uh, our buddy uh, Chris Latornade and reminding everyone that the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. My boys, Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard. The Geloso Beverage Group, which distributes La Bitta TV, Aldo Geloso and Ted Ferrace. And XL Moto, Ali and Vito at XLMoto.com. We now bring in, it's time for Six Sports Cards. Six Sports Cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. 
is presented by Sport La Tornade. Look at him with the jersey. Look at him. Uh, sports cards, collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil d'Orion. Uh, a Patrick Kane jersey. I, I, I take it. Uh, Chris La Tornade is a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Absolutely. I've been living the dream for the last 24 hours. Uh, you were living the dream for the last 15 years with three Stanley Cups as well. That's right. And uh, I I can't wait for the draft. And I also can't wait to hear uh, that Patrick Kane's going to come back. Because that's my prediction. You think so? Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Ah, the Rangers, the Rangers can't keep him. And I really think that uh, he just bought a house in Chicago in March. Um, he said it before. He didn't really want to leave. And what they gave up for him makes sense that he would go back. Yeah, he could go back, and then he's going to ask to be traded again by the deadline to go no, get a shot I, at the cup because the, the, the Blackhawks aren't going to win the uh, – they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I think he's got his cups. He's, he's happy. Uh, you always want more. That's true. You always want more. All right, okay. Um, so with the draft going down, the, the lottery going down the way it went down uh, yesterday – does that have an immediate impact on any card out there? Yeah. Let me just say that to, um, I have not one Lucas Reichel rookie card left in the store. Um, everything today online has been about Lucas Reichel. Uh, so everyone from the time, let's, before the draft, the Lucas Reichel was going for. 10 maximum $20, $10. I'm going to say mm-hmm. everything today was 55, 60. So, and hard to find, like some people were, were cashing in on it saying, okay, I'll sell it for 55, 60, whatever. But a lot of people were also buying and, uh, yeah, we but don't, why, but why? Because people think he's going to end up playing on a line with Connor Bedard or he's going to end up making a point. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah, that's how it works. So anybody that's, uh, and they're, you know, the rookie cards are not out there yet, but once uh, once we get to next year and Bedard comes out, um, someone like a Korchinski or an Allen or, you know, another prospect with, with uh, Chicago, they're, they're just being there with Bedard are going to be worth a little bit more. All right, so uh, you know you talked about Lucas Reichel, but um, um, there's other players too. I mean, um, is it possible that uh, uh, Andreas uh, Thanasiu is is going to center that line? Uh, you know what? I think I think short term, as far as uh, as far as tanking goes, I mean, and like we say, no one tanks on purpose. But uh, if Chicago would really like to go after a top uh, pick in next year's draft, which is also supposed to be a great draft, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that it's very possible that you see a lot of the same guys come back and, and go through that process again. I don't, I don't see just not, you know, just because Connor Bedard's there now doesn't make them a winning team, doesn't make them a playoff. They're going to end up doing what the Canadians did and what other teams have done. Usually when teams finish, like either dead last or second last or third last, the year after that, they're probably going to finish fifth last or sixth last. 
of course, there are exceptions. I mean, I mean, one year the Canadians finished third last, and the next year I think they ended up making the playoffs. But chances are, if you're in a rebuild, you're going to be bad for three or four years. You're going to miss the playoffs, and you're going to being at the bottom, and you're going to end up having a pretty good pick. Absolutely, and uh, the Blackhawks don't have a guy named Carey Price to bring them to that playoff spot or win them playoff games or or even series. All right, okay. Uh, what's new at the store? So what's new at the store this week? Uh, well, we haven't spoken in two weeks, so what's new is the SP Authentic Hockey uh, 2021-22. So in this case, we're talking uh, in the rookies. Uh, um, you know how we talked about the young guns were the rookie cards? Yeah. That's, that was in the Series 1. Well, in the SP Authentic, everyone is looking for the future watch autos. So yeah. those are the rookie cards in the SP Authentic, and the rookie cards then are autographed and numbered. So mm-hmm. it's a set. It's a set that's a little bit higher end. So you can get a Cole Caulfield Future Watch Auto or a Trevor Zegras Future Watch Auto that are numbered to nine hundred ninety nine, or you can get shorter prints that are inscribed. And when I mean inscribed, is that you sometimes like they'll put the date or they'll put like a little saying yeah. on the card. Um, those ones are numbered uh, much lower and they're worth a much, mm-hmm. much higher value. Because you're in Montreal, yeah, we're in Montreal, and the Canadians are going to have the fifth pick. In this market, are people trying to scoop up cards of Leo Carlson, Will Smith, Matvey Michkov, and Dalibor Dvorsky, to name a few? That that will be the case. They're not out yet, those cards, but that will be the case. When are they coming um, out? That'll be Series 1 and Series 2 next year. That is not decided yet, so the the checklists are not out yet, but uh, that will be decided next year. You could probably find some of their cards in the CHL uh, stuff. Um, I don't think you'd find any Michkov, though, but some of the other guys that play in the CHL uh, will have cards. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I have. You're not going to find any Michkov. Why? Because he's going to be playing, or he's under contract in the KHL till 2026, or is there another, another reason? That's right. No, because he's playing in the KHL. So there's okay. a set. Upper Deck makes a set of CHL. They also do like a Team Canada set. So mm-hmm. the guys, some of the guys that played for Team Canada, will be the, be on there. But uh, no, it's mostly because in the CHL set. If we take a look at the playoffs. Is yep. there anyone's stock who's really gone up because of the way they're playing in the playoffs? Um, there's a lot that have fluctuated, and it's funny because it, on one night it can change so much. So I've seen, um, I guess the one that went up from let's, I'll take a, a lower end kind of guy, uh, the the goaltender Schmidt for uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a $2, $3 card. And wow. after they put him in and he basically put out the Rangers, shut out in, in, you know, shut out in the last game and everything, that shot up to 30, 40 bucks. Like it was 30, $40 from all the way from two. So we're looking at a very big jump for yeah. a guy like that. But it doesn't take long after he gets pulled the next series twice in a row that it goes right back down. So there's guys like Jack Hughes is another one. Jack Hughes has been doing very well for himself. 
I'm going to regret um, not buying that card, man. I'm really going to regret not buying that card. No, I remember I'm going to regret not buying that card. Like like four or five months ago, it was 300 bucks. No, I, I, I'll, I'll message you. I'll message you. It's not too late. I'll message you. you For you PSA see what, 10? You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was $300 four or five months ago. Yeah, uh, you'll get it there. You'll, you'll get it. You see, you see what happened to them tonight? Yeah. Well, it's close to over. It's almost over. And okay. that card, that card in a month from now, you're gonna you're gonna get it. Wait till the summer. The summer is is the time to pick up those kind of cards in the off season, uh, especially after a loss in the playoffs, first round exit, even them in a second round, but you know didn't quite make it. People tend to forget the season that he had if there's no results in the playoffs. I I, I hear you, um, Oliver Bjorkstrom. Yep. Um, Seattle, yeah, the Kraken scored some big goals in these playoffs. He 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 has now. Um, his card has gone up. I have seen the jump, but I feel like Seattle, the market hasn't. It's not really steady yet, and I feel like um, there's just no love for the Seattle market yet. So. I hear you. Um, they have a blue collar kind of team. Well, they don't have any super soup like uh, other than like Beneers. I think I think, I think I think Maddie Beneers card is going to go up significantly in the next couple of years without being a card expert. But if I take a look at just the potential of his player, yep. Uh, here's a player who is uh, early on in his career. I mean, he played ten games last year. He played eighty games this year. Uh, he picked up fifty-seven points in eighty games. I mean. That's unbelievable. I mean, this player could probably, I mean, I know, know, and probably crack 70 points next year. I know. And, you know, uh, when you, when you look at Seattle's team, a lot of people overlook him because a lot of people tend to say like, ah, Seattle's got nobody. There's no superstar on that team. Yeah. But it's coming. It's coming. I think Beneers has got a great upside and I think you're right. I think people should invest maybe now before. You have his card? You have a PSA 10 for him? I uh, don't think I have a PSA 10 on hand. Might be like a uh, non-graded, but we could we can send some away. Uh, Veneers, um, they're you know they didn't come out that long ago, so they they're still around quite a bit, and uh, you can always send away to get graded. So yeah. Send, what, what does that mean? Send away to get graded, but uh... so so every once a month at the store we send away yeah. to PSA. We we send submissions to PSA or tag. Um, so but, every but month, you, hold on a sec. You just said that in your, like, they're not PSA 10s. So why would you grade them to find out what PSA they are? Is that it? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I got so it. if Sorry. you think, if you think they're really, really mint condition, uh, you can send away and, and they'll, they'll evaluate it and they'll slab it and, and put it in the hard case, send it back to you. And you'll see if you get a, a 10, a nine an eight, see what you get. And the higher you get, the more it's worth. Um, is there like, um, like a dream scenario, um, in these playoffs? I mean, I would, I would, I would imagine, and Dallas has just scored again. Um, uh, they're up two nothing now, 15 right. minutes to go in period number two. Um, is there a, um, besides Edmonton winning the cup and Connor McDavid's rookie card is probably going to go through the roof. Is there another scenario that can have a huge impact on someone's card in particular? Um, 
Because every artist with the top McDavid's going to go through the roof, right? Absolutely. Um, I want to say that everybody or anybody that wins the cup, yeah, and wins like the Conn Smythe, then Their someone will go through the roof. Absolutely, they're they're going to go How up. The goalie. How about if the Dallas Stars win the cup and Jake Ottinger is your MVP? Jake Ottinger has already uh, gone up a, a bit. He's had. I was had this discussion today. He's had a rough go. Like he's, they've been winning some games, but a lot of high scoring games, and he's had some trouble. Um, but if Dallas can get through, Ottinger is probably yeah, he's he's up there. Like tonight, from what I've seen tonight, he's on. He's he's dialed in, and yeah, he, he could be one of those guys that that really you know surprises the market and goes up. The goalie, the goalie can go up also. Like the forwards, they get most of the love because of all the points. But the goalies, they, they can go up to their cards. Like I was saying, Schmidt before, he, he won a series a, against the Rangers and surprised everybody. His card went up tremendously. So every team with the player, say the top three, top five guys on each team that helped the team win the Stanley Cup, those cards are, you know, cups. Everyone will remember like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. three years ago, this guy won a cup. His card's going to be worth more. It's it's just a known fact in the in the hobby. So yeah, it's hopefully McDavid wins it though, because I would like to see that. It's it's already it's already a great card. It's already a great story. Um I would like to de- I would like to see it go even more. All right. Uh is there a show in Montreal this weekend? There is absolutely a show in Montreal this weekend. So this weekend starting Friday at one o'clock until nine o'clock on Friday. Uh, all day Saturday, all day Sunday at the uh, Stad IGA in Jerry Park. Yeah. It's indoors. It's on the indoor tennis courts. There's uh, going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of vendors. I will be there. The Spa La Tornade will have a booth there. There's also signings with, uh, with players. Um, a lot of activity. A lot of activity. There will be a lot of people there. It's going to be a great weekend. All right. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I think you're going to have an event at uh, at uh, Sport La Tornade. Uh, are, are we make this official yet, or it's not official yet? Or it, it's a hundred percent official. On May 28th, we will be having our event. Um, we will have our guest Caden Gouli will be there, as well as Yvon Lambert. Yvon Lambert and the Sick Podcast will also be there. So we can make it official May 28th. The, our, our guests will be there from one o'clock till three o'clock. You can, uh, you can pre, uh, pre-purchase uh, memorabilia stuff from us via like if you want a puck or you want a photo or a jersey or something, you can get in touch with me. I will, uh, you know, you can call the store at uh, 450-218-3133. Uh, give us a call, place your order. We will have things for sale on spot. So if you just want to show up empty handed, we can, we can sell you a puck or a photo to get, uh, to go up to Caden, have it yeah. signed and actually meet him. Um, Yvonne Lambert would be there as well. Yeah. Uh, do you have several, do you have several of his rookie cards for sale? What's his rookie card go for? I have, yeah. Caden Gooley, Caden Gooley is like a 20, $30 card and, uh, there will be some there. I don't know how many I can I can put aside until until then, but I, I have had a lot of people messaging me asking me if they can get their card signed. Absolutely, 
but uh, it, there is a cover, so it costs thirty dollars. But you can you can get your card signed. Just bring it. Bring your own. You can bring your own memorabilia and just pay at the door, and okay. you can come see. Yeah. All right. Okay. So once again, I think you've answered this already, but you know, in ending, if you have a card, yeah, it's worth it to get it autographed. If you have a chance to get a card autographed, it's better to do so or not. On the in the grand scheme of things, if you're gonna resell that card, it's it's it really isn't. So it it will actually take away the value, and not a lot of people suggest doing that. Although nowadays I'm seeing more and more people doing it, and I've actually been a bit surprised at the value, but it was a big no-no for a long time just because people want authentication and people want certificates. So if you get a card signed and you tell me, hey, this is a Caden Gooley si uh, card I got signed, where's your proof and what, what's your, you know, unless you yeah. can show me a certificate, which we have, we have authentication logos and stickers that we will put on it for you the date that you come on May 28th. You come to our store and you have your card signed. I will cert I will uh, put a certificate on that, and you it will be certified. That that in that case you're back. You're you're, yeah. you're well taking, back. Taking a picture on your smartphone of you hanging out with Caden Gooley and he's signing a card probably just won't cut it, huh? Not gonna cut it. Neither what people like to do is go to Brossard at the pa uh, the practice facility and wait for the players outside and yeah. just say here sign my card. And then go by word of mouth and say, oh, yeah, I got them signed. At, you know, people are not going to take your word for it. And they're not going to buy your card at the value that you think it's worth. Chris, thanks so much um, for um, all the content tonight. We very much appreciate it. Once again, Six Sports Cards is presented by Sportletornad, Sports Cards Collectibles, and more. Visit Chris's store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil d'Orion. Chris, have a great night, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. It is Tuesday night. It's a couple of minutes past 11 o'clock with 12 minutes to go in period number two. The Dallas Stars lead the Seattle Kraken by a score of two to nothing with the Kraken leading the series two games to one. They can have a chance to even this one up. By the way, in case you missed it, it was Carolina. Oh, Carolina tonight as they laid the smackdown on the New Jersey Devils by a score of six to one. That series has Carolina up three games to one. Tomorrow night, the uh, Florida Panthers have a chance to sweep the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep, sweep the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who would have thought that? And uh, Vegas takes on Edmonton with uh, Vegas up two games to one in that one there. If you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. If you love the podcast, it's our way of feeling the love. And if you're watching right now on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, like it, share it with your friends, and comment SICK, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. The SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, by La Beta TV, and by XL Moto, XLMoto.com. That's it for me. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. It'll be 10 p.m. Eastern for Sammy and Agnello. Back at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast 
is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.